Jesus, we just want to thank God for all of you that's in the house of the Lord on this morning. Amen. And we want to thank God. I want to thank God for our church family that I loved it. I want to thank God for all of you. Amen. Um, Aunt Hattie, uh, who went home to be with the Lord, whenever she would hug me and pass the white, she would whisper in our ears, my special. And now all of you are my special. I got a whole bunch of my specials. So I want to thank God for all of you. It's a privilege to be in the kingdom of God. It's a privilege to be in the house of the Lord. And it's an honor to have a church family. So we just thank God for all of you. And uh, we are clapping for the Lord. But why don't you clap for your neighbor? Tell your neighbor to clap clapping for you. Clapping for you. I'm clapping for you. I'm clapping for you. I'm clapping for all of you. Now give yourself a big I have it. Ephesians 1 and 3 reads, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Also turn with me to Deuteronomy 28 and 2. Deuteronomy 28 and 2, which reads, And all these blessings shall come on thee, and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. I'm going to read it in the Message Bible. It says, if you listen obediently to the voice of God, the voice of God, your God, and heartily obey all his commandments that I command you today, God, your God, will place you on high, high above all the nations of the world. All these blessings will come down on you and spread out beyond you because you have responded to the voice of God, your God. I want to read it in the Voice Bible. It says like this, all of the following blessings will be yours. In fact, they'll chase after you if you listen to what he tells you. I want to use what thought on today, blessings are chasing me down. Blessings are chasing me down. Why don't you turn and tell your neighbor, say neighbor. Neighbor. Blessings. Blessings. Are chasing me down. Chasing me down. Why don't you tell another neighbor and say it with confidence like you really believe it. Blessings blessings are chasing all you down. Are chasing me down. All you down. My objective is to let you know that as you chase after God, blessings will chase after you. And God pours his blessings on us plentifully, freely, bountifully, and eternally beyond our expectations. So we don't want to have the confessions that uh, trouble is following me. There's a dark cloud over my head. Satan on my track trying to turn me back. No, we don't want to have those confessions. Yes, we're going to have trials 
and all of our vacation Bible school students learned that when life is unfair, God is good, right? All right, so um, Psalms 23 and 6 says, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So how many days? All the days. And who is following you? There's it. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That means 365 days a year. That means Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, January, February, March. You get the, you get the picture right. Mm. So that's my confession. That goodness and mercy is following me. And how many of you know you got to say it until you see it? And you're going to attract your thoughts. Whatever you think, that's what you're going to attract. So if you believe trouble is following you, guess what you're going to always see? But if you're confessing that the blessings are chasing me down, that goodness and mercy is following me all the days of my life. All right, how many of you know that's what you're going to see? Because the Bible says in Proverbs 23 and 7, as a man thinketh in his heart, I like saying heart, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So if you believe you're blessed, guess what? You're blessed. All right. So I just have a few simple points, and we're going to do like a little activity at the end. My first point is, is to position a position to receive the blessings of God. Position to receive the blessings of God. So God said, I have all these incredible blessings for you. Oh, I got all these amazing things in store for you. But it is conditional. He said, if, that means we can or cannot, if you hearken, if you heed, if you listen closely to obey the voice of God. So this doesn't mean inactivity. Blessings is just chasing me down. And, I'm, you know, they're just coming on me whether I do something or not. You know, I don't have to do anything. God just going to drop it down from heaven. It doesn't mean inactivity, but it means that God will bless the works of our hand as we follow him and obey his voice. And there's many voices but we have to hearken unto the voice of the Lord. Now, I remember um, when I was a teenager, whatever they would do at church, I would do it at home in my room. So we had a shut-in at church, so I started having shut-ins in my room at home. So what I would do when I would have a shut-in, I wouldn't sleep in the bed, but I would sleep on the floor, and I would just stay up and you know have all-night prayer. And um, at the end of the all-night prayer, I would just sit on my floor, and I would talk to God, and God would talk back to me. We just talked as friends. So um, you all heard this testimony before, but I just feel like telling it again. And so one day, while I was sitting on my floor, I was talking to God, and the Lord said, Cindy, ask me anything. So you would think I would ask for the cure for cancer. You would think I would ask how to get world peace. But what did I ask God for? I said, God, when am I going to get married? And the Lord said, you're going to get married when you're 25. And you're going to have your first child when you're 27. So I asked God one question, and he gave me three answers. He told me I was going to get married when I was 25. He told me I would have my first child at 27. That let me know it was going to be a second child. All right, so uh, and then the Lord dropped the whammy on me. He said, but don't date. I said, oh, what? He said, I don't want you to date. Don't date him for you. So I, you know, I swallowed the pill. I said yes to God. And uh, years later, uh, I was praying, and the Lord gave me a vision. The Lord deals with me in dreams and visions. And the way the Lord showed me who my husband was is I had this dream, and uh, I had met Pastor White. He wasn't a pastor then. Uh, we were friends. wasn't nothing to it. And um, when I met Pastor White, uh, the Lord gave me this vision. And in this vision, I saw me and Pastor White. We was walking down the sidewalk. So we was walking down the sidewalk, and I heard the trumpet 
flow, and the trumpet said, prepare for the marriage. So he went down one aisle, one sidewalk, I went down the other sidewalk. When I went in the room, it was a white wedding dress in that room. So y'all know what I did, I put the dress on. So I put the dress on, I come back out, he had put on a white tuxedo, he came back out. So we go walking down the path, we go walking down this aisle, this pathway, and uh, I was living in Connecticut at the time, but when I got to the end of the pathway, my pastor from South Carolina, Pastor Glover, was standing in front of a podium, and he was reading the wedding vows. So as he was reading the wedding vows, and Pastor White was just standing there smiling. Y'all know Pastor White is anointed to smile. He was just standing there smiling. And uh, he was going through the wedding vows, and I was like, in a dream, I was like, wow, I'm getting married. So um, as the wedding vows went on, it started to snow. And it started snowing harder and harder and harder, and my veil was frozen, and I was trembling, and my teeth were chattering, and it was snow all over the ground, and I'm freaking out, and I look at Pastor White, and he's just standing there smiling, and my pastor just kept giving the vows. These must have been the world's longest vows. He just kept reading vows. And so um, I'm like, don't they see it snowing out here? But it was like they couldn't see it was snowing. So, all right, the snow stopped. And after the snowstorm, then the wind picked up. And the wind is blowing my veil and uh, the dirt is coming up all over my gown. And wind is everywhere and it's twirling and it's just getting dirty. And I look at Pastor White and he's just standing there smiling. And the pastor is still reading these vows. I said, can't they see all this wind that's out here? And then after that, it started to rain. My hair fell, my veil is wet, my dress is wet, I'm soaking wet inside and out, and the dirt that the wind blew up, now I got dirt all over my dress, I got mud all over my dress. Pastor White standing there smiling. The preacher's still doing these eternal vows. And I said, stop, wait a minute. Can't you see it's raining out here? Y'all can't see what's going on? And my pastor grabbed me by the shoulders and he said, Cindy, don't stop because of a little rain. And he just started reading the vows again. So as he was reading the vows again, the sun came out, the rain stopped. I looked down, behold, my dress was white again. My veil was white again. Everything was beautiful again. My, my curls came back in my hair. Everything was good again. And then uh, he said, you may kiss your bride and kiss. And then the pastor disappeared and we went walking down off into the sunset. So I woke up, I said, oh, Johnny's gonna be my husband. <laughs> I know he's doing something bad. I'm not gonna, I just said he didn't have no guile. Don't make me reverse it. All right, so um, you know what I did when I had that dream? Absolutely nothing. That's right. I said, Lord, if, if you said that's the one, then you make it happen. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna run after him. How many of you know we got to get to the place where we're not chasing after our blessings, but we're letting our blessings chase after us. Amen. And even though we have some rain in life and we have trouble, how many of you know trouble don't last always? Storms come, but they never stay. The worst storms in history, they came and they didn't have it. But guess what? The storm is going to pass over after a while. All right. So you don't have to stop because of a little rain. So God wants us to hear his voice. God wants us to love the blessor more than the blessing. He wants us to obey him, to hearken to what he's saying. What is the Lord saying to you? God is preparing and positioning us to receive a greater measure of his blessings. When I look at the acronym for blessings, B means begin your day with God. L is love him with all your heart. E is expect blessings. S is to share his goodness. S is to shine our light. I is to inspire someone else. N is to never forget God. 
and G is to give thanks every day. The word blessing in Hebrew is barak, and it means God's favor and protection. In a nutshell, the word bless means empowered to prosper. Somebody shout, I'm empowered to prosper. I'm empowered to prosper. The word bless also means benediction, the close of a thing. And when God created you, when God created man, when God created us, he spoke a blessing or a benediction over our lives. So we are already blessed. Even before you were born, you were already blessed. So we don't have to chase after blessings. We trust God and we allow the blessings to follow us. All right. So um, God says these blessings will overtake us. My second point is unexpected blessings. Unexpected blessings. I want to tell you that even though you're expecting many things from God, God got some blessings for you that you haven't even expected. God got some unexpected blessings in store for you as you position yourself. Uh, in Luke, the fifth chapter, Jesus taught in Peter's boat, and Jesus told Peter to launch out into the deep and to let down your nets, plural. We know that Peter had taught all night, but he positioned himself to be blessed. Yes. God said, if you will hearken unto my voice, the blessings will overtake you. And Peter said, I've told all night, but nevertheless, I'm gonna hearken unto your word. But he let down one net, all right? Not expecting anything to happen, all right? But he caught a boatload of fish so much to their necks, their neck break. And I came to tell you that God has you on his radar for blessings. Yes. Now, I don't know about you. I love when I get an unexpected check in the mail. I was, uh, I had got a letter from the mortgage company, and I said, oh, this is not the regular bill. This is some junk. You know, you're trying to offer me something. And I got ready to tear it up, and something said, don't tear it up. Open it up. I opened it up. Praise God. It was an unexpected check. I said, I'm so thankful. But I didn't put that check in the trash can. All right, God got some unscheduled blessings for you that's not on your calendar, but it's on God's calendar. All right. Praise God. Turn and tell your neighbor, God has some unexpected blessings for you. God has some unexpected so blessings. So expect the unexpected. I believe I'm about to have an unexpected blessing testimony. Yeah. I, believe, I believe God got some sudden surprises for me. And uh, I believe God got something special with my name on it. What about you? Yes. And uh, my third uh, point today is I want to talk about blessings in disguise. Blessings in disguise. So uh, God blesses us every day. Every day we're blessed by God. Somebody shout, God. God. Blesses me. Blesses me. Every day. Every day. But there's some blessings in disguise. And a blessing in disguise is something that looks like a misfortune but it's going to eventually have good results. Amen. How many of you know all things work together for the good? Amen. And we confess that every delay is in my favor. Amen. So what really seems like a negative, God will recycle that thing into a positive. Amen. And what looks like a setback, God will recycle that thing into a setup for victory. Yes. So uh, you wanted one house, but the house was sold, and later on, God gives you a better house. I know we were living in Connecticut and we were getting ready to buy this house. Uh, we had put a bid on the house and we ended up not getting the house, but it was a blessing in disguise because right after that, Pastor White received the revelation from God that we were moving to South Carolina. So uh, one time we had uh, storm damage at our house. A storm came through, I mean, just tore up a bunch of the stuff at the house, and uh, but it was a blessing in disguise because when we made our claim, we got a brand new roof, you know, something we probably would have to eventually do anyhow. And we got a lot of new stuff in the house, some stuff that I probably needed to change anyhow. That was a blessing in disguise because it ended up looking like a new house. Do I have any people who had some blessings in disguise before? Yeah, All right? And uh, we had a not at fault accident. We ended up getting rear-ended. The car got totaled. How I many of you know the devil meant it for evil, but God recycled it for our good? Yes. Praise God. And some people have unplanned pregnancies. Mm. Mm -hmm. 
an unexpected baby. But that baby ends up being your greatest blessing. I'm talking about blessings in disguise. Somebody shout blessings in disguise. Blessings in disguise. So uh, God will turn troubles into triumph. Uh, sometimes uh, people's car break down. Some of us will drive until the wheels fall off. Sometimes God want to promote you. So sometimes it's a blessing in disguise. Yes. All right? And uh, sometimes you get caught in a traffic jam. And you say, oh, I'm, I don't even know why I'm in this traffic. And I'm caught in a traffic jam. And um, you don't even know. God is saving you from being in an accident up the road. I remember one time I was going down the highway, and um, the Lord forgive me, I was speaking, I didn't have the pedal to the metal, and a slow car pulled in front of me. I had to slam on brakes. I said, look at this, look at this. Right down the street was a state trooper. God was, oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So um, you may have lost your job, but God uses it as an open door for you to start a business. It's a blessing in disguise. And there's some troubles in your life that's really blessings, but they're in masquerade. Mm -hmm. But when you look at it through the eyes of God and you hearken to the voice of God, God will cause that uh, what seems to be a misfortune to be a blessing in disguise. Amen. How many of you know Goliath was David's blessing in disguise? Yes. It was because he had to go through a battle that he actually was promoted and got on the road to becoming king. That's right. And I came to tell you that the Goliaths in your life are really blessings in disguise. And God will give you double for your trouble, and God will give you gain for your pain. Praise God. Uh, it was Joseph that said, what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn it around for my good. And we know that Joseph, his jealous brothers threw him into the pit. They sold him into slavery. He ended up in Potiphar's house. This was our vacation Bible school lesson. Praise the Lord. Uh, it's good. Hallelujah. So uh, he ended up in Potiphar's house. And uh, he got falsely accused. Then he ended up in prison. But he continually hearkened unto the voice of God. Yes. And he said uh, in Genesis 50 and 20 years later, the same jealous brothers that tried to kill him, that sold him into slavery, how many of you know he forgave the same brothers and not only forgave them, but he bought them to live with him. All right. So he could take care of them and provide for them. Genesis 50 and 20 says, but as for you, you thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good. I mean, you know that sounds like blessings in disguise. Yes. To bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. So Joseph saw the big picture. He went through 13 years of misfortune, but God was positioning him to save the Jews, to save the Israelites because the Messiah was coming through that line. And uh, the same brothers that put him in the pit, he completely forgave them. No wonder God blessed him. How many of you know when we hearken to the voice of God for forgiveness, God will completely bless us. Praise God. And uh, Joseph, uh, God showed Joseph that famine was coming. And uh, God positioned Joseph to save his family's life. And uh, years earlier, I believe an event made an impact in his life because his father, Jacob, had stolen his brother Esau's birthright. And uh, when he stole, stole Esau's birthright, he had to go on the run for many years. And uh, years later, when he decided to come back home, even though his father didn't deserve forgiveness, he saw his uncle Esau reach out and embrace his father completely forgive him and loved him, and he was a child watching that happen. Yes. And how many of you know our children are watching us? Yes. They're watching our attitude towards our brothers and sisters. And when they see that we don't have a forgiving heart, how many of you know we are teaching them to be unforgiving? That's right. But when we show our children, it don't matter how people treat me, it don't matter what happened, I'm going to forgive them and I'm going to put it in the hands of the Lord. How 
when we, when we show them that example that we have a forgiving heart. So God don't want us to have a spirit of revenge, a spirit of offense, a spirit of retaliation, an unforgiving heart. Because when we do, how many of you know we're not in the image and in the likeness of God? Because our merciful, forgiving Father has merciful, forgiving children. So how many of you know we got to keep the right spirit? Somebody say, I have the right spirit. I have the right spirit. So blessings are chasing me down. Blessings are chasing me down. So as I get ready to close, I want to let you know that the enemy is going to do everything to distract us. To distract our minds off of being blessed by God. The enemy wants us to think that we're cursed. The enemy wants us to think that trouble is going to always last. So he put up all these smoke screens, all these distractions that try to block us from seeing the blessings of God. And uh, Jesus said in John 16 and 33, in the world you will have tribulation. So how many of you know we're going to all have tribulation? But look what he tells us to do in the midst of tribulation. He said, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And while you're in the middle of tribulation, if you can be of good cheer, if you can keep the right spirit like Joseph, if you can keep the right spirit like Jesus, when life is unfair, you can still say God is good. How many of you know you can overcome the world? You can overcome every trial, test, and tribulation. And um. The Lord had gave me, again, I was younger. I think at that time, I probably was about 20, maybe 21 years old. And God gave me this life-changing vision. And I know you've heard it before, but I just feel like saying it again. So uh, I was in my room, and um, I had my pink rollers in my head. Y'all remember pink sponge rollers? Some of y'all young people, you just Google them. All right, so I had my pink sponge rollers in my head, and I was going to bed, and uh, Jesus appeared into my room, and uh, he told me he wanted to take me somewhere. So we went in the spirit. When we went in the spirit, we ended up at this big building, and it had like a ledge on the outside of the building. So we were standing on the outside of the building, and we were looking in the window, but it was a, a one-way window where we could see in but they could not see us standing right there in front of the window out. And uh, when we got to there, I saw it was like these maps, but all the maps, it was maps of me. So it was a map of my room, and then outside of the picture of my room was like a map of my house. Then it was a map of my job. I could see my desk. Then it was a map of my church. It was like the outside of the church, but the inside with the pews. And then there was a silhouette of my body, and there was a picture of a brain. So um, as I was looking through the window, I was standing there with Jesus. Um, these um, army men came up. They had on uniforms. And um, I said, okay, they're military guys. But then when I looked, I could tell they were spiritual. They were not natural. So um, the first soldier came up. It was a, um, a lieutenant or a general that was in charge of the soldiers. And now uh, the first soldier came up, and he had a pointer, and he was pointing at my home, my room. And uh, he came up, and he said, this is your job. He said, I want you to work in Cindy's home, and I want you to make her lose her peace. So he saluted, and he went on out. Then when they got to the next map, the next map was a map of my job. So he called the soldier up, and the soldier came up. He said, I want you to work on Cindy's job, and I want you to make her lose her witness. So this soldier saluted, and then he went on out. So he went to the next map. The map was a map of my church. And the next soldier came up. He said, this is your job. I want you to work on Cindy's um, church. And I want you to make her lose her joy. And he saluted, and then he went on out. Then he went to the final map, and a soldier came up, and um, he said, oh, no, you're too small. You're too small for this. He sent him away, and then a big, gigantic soldier came up. He was humongous, and his name was Onoceros, if I'm saying it correctly. And he said, you have the most important job. 
He said, you can work on her body with some aches and pains. He said, but that's not the main thing. He said, your job is to work on her mind. He said, I want you to work on her mind and I want you to cause her to lose her salvation. So he went to salute, he went to go out, and then Jesus caused the one way to disappear and they could see us as well as we could see them. And before they could move, I heard a whirling sound from heaven and a gigantic rock came down and bam, smashed their headquarters. Mm. And so the Lord took me by the shoulders. I have a lot of visions when people take me by the shoulders. And he said, uh, Cindy, don't let the devil infiltrate your camp. Mm -hmm. I said, Lord, I don't understand what that means. I said, can I go home and look it up in the encyclopedia? I'll look it up in the dictionary. He said, no, your camp is your stand for God. Don't let the devil infiltrate your camp. And I, I woke up, I was back in my bed, back with my pink rollers. All right. So a couple of weeks later, all hell broke through. Now me and my mom, we like two peas in a pod. You know, we both saved, we got saved at the same time. Me and my mom is cool. But all of a sudden, I started having disagreements with my mom. And it seemed like parents just don't understand. And we was just, it just, we wasn't clicking. You know, I was like, oh, let me get out of this house and go to work. Well, I went to work and seemed like all hell broke through on the job. The supervisor loved me. My coworkers loved me, but all of a sudden, it was friction on the job. I said, oh my goodness, I, I can't stand this job. I need to get another job. Let me go to church and get my praise on. I went to church, a sister lied on me in the church and spread a rumor about me in the whole church. I had another vision today, but that's another time. And I said, I didn't know church folk could act like this. I thought church folk was better than the people in the world. I didn't know people come to church and act like this. And then the enemy began to speak to my mind. I began to have warfare in my mind. I said, Lord, if I had known I was going to go through all of this, I don't even know if I would have got saved. I don't even know if I want to fool with all of this. And I went to bed that night. How many of you ever had trouble on every side? I'm talking about not just one or two, it seemed like everything, the bottom fell out of everything. I went back to bed that night and the Lord gave me the same exact vision, same exact. And when he got to the end, he said, Cindy, didn't I tell you not to let the devil infiltrate your camp? Light bulb moment, light bulb came on. Oh my goodness, I got my attitude right. I got my spirit right. I was ready for spiritual warfare. I was ready to get back in the, in the ring. I went home, mama said, didn't I tell you to do this and you gotta do that and you're too old? Yes, ma'am, no ma'am, 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 I love you mama, whatever you say, yes ma'am, yes. Got my peace back. Went to the job with my oil bottle. I went there mm. early before anybody got to work. And I anointed the supervisor's desk. I anointed my co-workers desk. I prayed in the Holy Ghost over the office. And when they came in, they said, Cindy, what you doing to work so early? So I think I'm going to start coming in early and I'm going to get ahead of my work. And I went and talked to my supervisor. I said, I want you to tell me what I need to do to be a better employee. You tell me what I need to do and I'm going to do it. I said, anything you need, you can count on me. He was so shocked he couldn't even talk. Got my witness back. Then I went to church. I took my eyes off of them people and I put my eyes back on God and I started praising God like I was losing my mind. I went and talked to the pastor and told the pastor, anything you need me to do, I'm ready to do it. I took my joy back. Then I began to praise and bless the Lord knowing that blessings are chasing me down. Yeah. I got my mind back. How I many of you know sometimes the enemy 
will attack us. We'll go to spiritual warfare. He's trying to blind you. He's trying to block you. He's trying to distract you. He's trying to steal from you. He's trying to rob. He's trying to kill. But how many of you know you got to take a stand on the word of God? You got to know that if God says you're blessed, you are blessed. And God said you're going to be the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You are the lender and not the borrower. You are the first and not the last. You're going to be blessed when you go in and blessed when you go out. Your house is blessed. Your basket is blessed. Your store is blessed. Your job is blessed. Your children are blessed. Your marriage is blessed. Your family is blessed. Blessed, blessed, blessed. Everybody is blessed. My money is blessed. My God, I'm blessed. Everywhere I go, my car is blessed. My house is blessed. My church is blessed. Come on, my friends are blessed. Everybody I talk to is blessed. I can't see nothing but blessings. Blessings all around me. Blessings chasing after me. Oh, another blessing is calling. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. My God, blessings are chasing you down. Yeah, I can't yeah. even tell you that grace is chasing you down. Healing is chasing you down. Peace is chasing you down. Promotion is chasing you down. Clients are chasing you down. Cast away members are chasing you down. My your miracle is chasing you down. Ministry is chasing you down. New doors are chasing you down. Increase is chasing you down. Tunnel. All right, so um, I'm going to ask 
Pastor Phillips if she would come and be with me at the beginning of the tunnel. And then I'm going to ask Pastor White and Pastor Phillips if they could be at the end of the tunnel. And I'm going to ask Pastor White just to seal it. I'm going to ask um, Minister Kathy, Minister Coles. I want them to come. Minister Jeanette, will you come? Minister Diane, um, will you come also? Sister Cherie, will you come and uh, help us? And what we're going to do is we're going to have two lines. Did I see Sister Tyra? Sister Tyra, come on. Sister Tyra, you come and help. That Sister Tyra is so annoying. So what you're going to do, you're going to face each other. Y'all see how Pastor White and Pastor Phillips are at the end. Y'all just face each other that way. All right. I'm going to face Pastor Cora, my minister Diane. I'm gonna face Pastor Cora, so you can you can face Sister Cherie and um and um come on um Minister um Sylvia come on oh Minister yeah y'all can all come come on Minister Coles somebody stand here and another one stand here and uh, what we're gonna do is um we're gonna just speak the word over you when you have a tunnel. A prophetic tunnel, you don't have time to say, yay, yay, and thus saith the Lord, because they just gonna walk through the tunnel. Uh-huh. We're good, we're good. So, because uh, we don't have time. We're just gonna go really quick. So, um, what we're gonna do is, if you want to receive a word from the Lord, um, after I pray, you're gonna just line up on this aisle right here, and you're gonna walk through the tunnel, but you're gonna keep we need one more Deacon Dunlap. That's right. You got a strong prophetic anointing. You come here. You come and be in our tunnel. So what we're gonna do? You're gonna come through, and we're just gonna touch you. And we got we got a prophesy quick team. So we're just gonna give them a word or a quick sentence from the Lord. Is that all right? And you just gonna keep walking. And as you walk, we're just gonna touch your shoulder. And everybody is going to speak a word. It might be one word. So you got to listen intently. And we're going to bring the tone in. So when they walk through, we can both touch them. One speak on one side. The other one speak on the other side. That's why it's going to seal the word at the end. We're going to keep the tone moving because we're out of time. All right. So um, you can start lining up if you want to receive a prophetic word from the Lord. Uh, we prophesy exhortation, edification, and comfort. We're going to keep the line going. We only have five minutes, and uh, we might have to cut it off. All right, so uh, while you're moving, I want you to remain prayerful. While you're in line, I want you to be prayerful. Listen up. When you come through the line, I want you to have your mind on God and have your hands lifted up. So, team, we're going to pray. And uh, while we're praying, I want you all just to pray in the spirit to get the mind of God. So uh, let's just begin to pray. Everybody pray. Oh, my God. 